Blog Talk Radio. This show is sponsored by CoventryCreations.com. Drum, please.
And welcome to Keep It Magic. I'm Storm Sestavani, and thank you for tuning in to our show. Uh, uh, to reach Jackie off the air, of course, go to www.coventrycreations.com, which is also the sponsor of our wonderful little radio show that we have going on here. And what's the show called? What is it called? Keep It Magic. Oh, that, that wonderful little show we have here. Um, of course, uh, we are in our countdown to the 20th anniversary of uh, Coventry Creations, which is why you're hearing a bunch of songs from 1992, and will be for the next month. By the way, there are, after today, four more shows left of Season 1 of Keep It Magic. Um, there may be a show in August, but we're not talking about it yet. And, of course, Jackie and I will be back for Season 2 the Tuesday after Labor Day, so you will want to tune in, and we're going to be featuring a lot of new stuff in uh, Season 2 that we don't um, fully know what they are yet, so we're not talking about them. So <laughs> you'll have to tune in and see what the hell is going on with us then. It's currently five minutes after four. Here on the East Coast, it is 1.05 p.m. on the West Coast. To reach me off the air, of course, go to www.psychicfriendsnow.com That's www.psychicfriendsnow.com And of course visit our website at www.keepitmagic.com You can um, like us up on Facebook by going to facebook.com forward slash keepinitmagic That's without a G, keepinitmagic And of course you can follow us on Twitter at, at keepitmagic Um Jackie, there's a whole hell of a lot of things that uh, uh, we have to talk about in this first half hour, so I'm just going to try to roll on through it. Um, it, No, come on. We have got many (laughs) wonderful things to celebrate. Yes, yes, we do. With our many, many listeners. Yes. Um, We would just like to announce that thanks to the listeners of the show, um, Keep It Magic has now had over 100,000 Listens. That means 100,000 shows have been downloaded um, uh, and listened to, whether it be on their iPhone or their iPod or their iPad or their or the Keep It Magic site Android or, or Keep It Magic or, or the blog talk, or, or blog um, talk or wherever the damn thing is. Um, we appreciate all 100,000 downloads, and uh, I think it, I don't know what our goal for season two is, but I'd like to see a half a million. So. Really at least by the end low. of season two. Well, I try to be realistic, Jackie. You know, one of us might break a leg or something. Right. right. <laughs> I think I think that's a worthy goal to go. Well, you know, I want ten thousand uh, listens per show. Yeah. <laughs> so um, that is pretty cool. So um, everybody, uh, thank you once again for making this show um, one of the hottest metaphysical magic shows on the internet so continue to keep listening we have a lot of great stuff planned for you oh yeah. and we ad- we adore you i love um hearing from you i love you know you can find me on facebook under jackie smith just look in michigan that's jackie without an e um look for the red yeah <laughs> although wait my picture's black and white never <laughs> but, but through Coventry creations find us on facebook it's one of the best search tools around um and if you like the show, if you want us to talk about something in particular, if you want to throw a question, just send me a note. Message me. Yeah. And um, 
or Storm, look for him on Astro Gossip. And if you have something you'd like to hear about in the show, or if you wanted to sing our praises, that is always an acceptable way to contact me. Uh, yeah, we love that also. Yeah, <laughs> we just we just love that. Um, or challenging me is fun too. I mean, sometimes I mean, <laughs> then I can bitch about you. So, um, and you know, we we always love a good bitch fest. But, yeah, definitely. <laughs> but no, I'm really excited. I'm really I'm really proud. And when I was at uh, the trade show. And I was talking with um, some folks who are doing other shows, and I said, well, we've hit 100,000 in our first nine months of being on the air. I guess it's 10 months now. They all went, wait, what? And I go, well, I'm, I think it's an okay number. Let's go for it. And so it was, it was, um, it was, really, it was really awesome to, to share that with people. And then people were like, okay, so I listened to your show last night. <laughs> when I got back to my hotel room, that's pretty good. So it was just, it, it's just, um, I'm humbled. Yeah, me too. I'm, I'm humbled I'm, because it's so much fun to do the show with you. I'm really humbled that other people have fun with us. Yeah, I th- it's uh, my highlight of the week is doing Keep It Magic, but then again, I have no life, so. <laughs> That's right. Um, the other thing that I have uh, to announce is, uh, Jackie, you won an award for Coventry Magic, the COVR award. Yep, cover um, is the Coalition of Visionary Resources. And you also won an award with Patty for Coventry Creations. Now, mm-hmm. th- tell me about how that came about, because I know about the first one real well, okay, because we all were, you know, making bets that you were going to win in the chat room behind your back, but you don't need to know that. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, you know, the, the um, cover, let's talk about cover for a second. Um, sure. it is It is really the only... Um, New Age Metaphysical Awards. Um, there's there's lots of book awards and Newbery Awards and Nautilus Awards, and I and I love every one of those. But uh, but this one is specific for the spiritual market, the magical market. So there's a lot of categories: self help, um, magic, shamanism, paganism, um, divination, and on and on and on. So I won in the magic shamanism category, and I was. I was really excited about that. That's where I put the um, my book in, and and first I found out I was fi- a finalist, and so that's it. I won, you know. So it was my my chant. Um, mm-hmm. So it was very very exciting. It was very exciting to to head towards that, um, and I and I was really humbled. I mean, I you know I cried. Yeah. It's like when they were, there's three finalists. So the first thing up on the screen, and I knew I knew I was one of the finalists, and I'd asked to see what the other finalists were, and there were two really good books. So when the two other finalists went up on the screen saying the second runner up and the first runner ups and then I'm then you like have this um this like twenty seconds, thirty seconds to then go, Oh, oh that's me. Oh that's I'm gonna be I know how do I? oh my god, I did win and and you think you're all cool and everything beforehand. Did you give like an acceptance speech? No, you, there's no time for that. They don't oh. have any time for that. They really want to keep the ceremony very short because it's highly boring. Okay. It's not like the Academy Award and the Oscars at all. And really, That's what the only I people, wanted, though. But the only people that really go are the people who um, are nominated, know somebody who's nominated, you know. Okay. Sort of thing. So then the second award threw me off completely, threw Patty and I off completely. And just last year, in 2011, they started Vendor of the Year. Now, they've had Retailer of the Year in the Cover Awards for quite a while. And, and what... And have I, you won Retailer of the Year? No, I'm since I'm a vendor, Cover okay. Creations, we sell stuff. Um, we have um, 
nominated, we we get a list of the different um, cover members, and it's a really long list of the stores on there. And what we do is we vote on the stores that we think um, are are representing the new age spiritual market the best, mm-hmm. who um, really are doing well and putting their all out there. And um, this year they had this is the second year they did vendor of the year, and um, Mickey from um, Diva Designs was announcing it because she won last year, and she goes and the and the vendor of the year is I'm not going to tell you I'm going to describe them first, so she goes here's two sisters who and I'm like oh who else has two sisters running their business <laughs> and I'm looking at Patty and we're looking at each other going what is it you know we're looking at each other and 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 being astounded and then and then I stopped listening. <laughs> Because <laughs> I realized it really was us. Yeah. So then we were all boohooing. Well, I was. Really. Except you were. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I'm, I'm. That's when I cry. Is when it's really super happy, or it's someone else's business. Yeah. I don't cry at my own business. <laughs> oh my god, that is hilarious. <laughs> I get, I get a little state. I get a little, I get a little my my hackles up a bit. But when it's somebody else's business. Um, so, uh, yeah, it was pretty, it was very amazing. It was humbling. And then I had all my pictures, my pictures taken by all these people, and I'm all puffy-eyed, and I have no makeup on anymore. It's like, oh, can we I thought your hair looked incredible. Really? Because I thought it looked shitty. No, I love your hair that way. I love it when it's straight. I'm such an 80s girl. I, like, want to get one of those irons on your hair, you know, to, like, really make it straight. Oh, yeah, flat iron. groovy looking. Yeah, yeah. I, I, that was flat ironed. Oh, it, it looks so groovy. I mean, I loved it. And your hair's kind of matched your dress, and um, so mm-hmm. I I liked it, actually. Well, thank you. Then I looked down and saw those damn blue shoes. <laughs> they're different. Those are teal. Oh, oh, they're different. But still, you shouldn't wear blue shoes. It clashes with your hair. Oh, I thought it was a great color. You don't know what you're talking about. You're at home. You don't go anywhere. You have no life. You don't know what's current. <laughs> now, there's there's some interesting things that have happened in the news while you were gone, Jackie. Like, you know, I have no idea what has happened. Well, because... Andy Griffith ha- has died, you know, from the Andy Griffith show. We'll just give Thank him God. a second of uh, rest in peace, Andy. Okay, you're on your way. Um, the other big thing is, Anderson Cooper came out of the closet, which that isn't probably a shock to anybody. Um, uh, no, because he was very metrosexual as far as I was concerned anyway. Yeah, Actually, I he annoys that. me a little bit, Anderson Cooper does. Yeah, I prefer Rachel, to be honest with you. I know. Um, uh, and, uh, you know, she was never in the closet, so I kind of have, like, a lot more respect for her because of that. Oh, um, um The other thing is, is that the holy grail of Scientology has just ripped apart. Um, Tom Cruise and Katie Holmes are getting a divorce. I saw that. God bless her heart. <clears throat> you know, I've been reading a lot of um, the um, uh, the online biblical material um, about uh, Tom and Katie, and it appears that she did not want her daughter to be raised in Scientology, and uh, that she um, is filing for a divorce because of that, and she felt as though that Tom was a little bit too controlling. Here is the other thing. They were showing a picture of him, Jackie, from 1992 and now. Uh-huh. Man has not aged. Well, it's because he's an alien. Yeah, well, 
I thought that he, it's going to be like Dorian Gray. If you actually see like him in the mirror, it's going to no, be like it's, this haggard it's thing. It's more like it's it's more like um, Paul McCartney. He's got a baby face and he's short, so he just has that baby face. Yeah, so, you know, the the shocking thing in regards to it is that he's 50. So he's, like, a decade older than us. Yeah, and she's younger. Yeah, well, here is the thing. that I, I'm going to tell you something very ironic. Huh. Mimi Rogers divorced Tom Cruise when she was 33. Nicole Kidman divorced Tom Cruise when she was 33. And now Katie Holmes is divorcing Tom Cruise at 33. Now, here is my theory, okay? And I hope I don't offend anybody. But I think that it takes until 33 before somebody realizes that their husband is gay. (laughs) (laughs) There's other tip-offs, I think. (laughs) But I think what it is, rather than that... It's that um, there's no more room for denial anymore. You got to get off that boat and get out of the river. Yeah. And yeah. I well, I think that it probably has more to do with um, uh, different issues um, than his sexuality, of course. Um, I thought Katie was a um, was a Scientologist. She well, she's was a Catholic, and then she was a Scientologist, and now she's a Catholic again. And um, she doesn't want to be involved in the whole Scientology thing. Now, the biggest rumors were that the child wasn't even Tom Cruise's. It was really L. Ron Hubbard's. <laughs> and your thoughts on that is? Access denied. Um, I think that it is her kid. Um, uh, <laughs> do I think that she may have been turkey-based? I'm not going to comment. But, <laughs> wow. But, you know, that is um, uh, the pretty interesting thing. Now, they also say the same thing about John Travolta's young child, that he's also, you know, because L. Ron Hubbard did have his sperm frozen. Okay. I know that's a little creepy, but he did, so. Yeah. Um, there will be a little L. Ron, probably the Antichrist, running okay, around. Just, just so you know, if I start building my own giant church, uh-huh. the church, church of Just Ask Why, <laughs> which rhymes with my church, which was called the Church of Eat and Die. <laughs> um, yeah, smack me. If I, if you know, because yeah, there's, you know, I guess all churches are made up in the end. You know, yeah. somebody, somebody went, I got an idea, and 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 then and then we went from there. Um, I guess. You know, and I guess even even you know the stuff that we all do. I guess, but the same thing is like, wow, the Scientology thing is. Did I tell you when I was a kid, um, I was recruited by Scientologists? You were. Mm-hmm. I was in Boston and with my cousin, and we were walking around um, downtown Boston, uh, Faneuil Hall area, mm-hmm. and um, um, this guy. We were walking back to the T to take it back to my sister's place, and this guy says. Um, he he asked a couple of questions. I go, can you can you take a short survey and da da da. So he goes, it's just right around the corner, and we walk like seven blocks to the Scientology place, and there was this like twenty page questionnaire, and we're answering these questions, and they were really weird. Mm-hmm. They were. I mean, the one that stood out for me. And granted, this was when I. Was, you know, I was about to ask this, did you? Well, this is when I was like 16 years old, so this is a long time ago. Yeah. Um, going on 30 years ago. But the question I remember the most was, if you're sitting quietly, do you all of a sudden have body tremors? 
or something like that. I'm like, what the? And that's when I stopped answering the questions. I'm like, what What am I doing here? Yeah. They, uh... is, and I look at my cousin. My cousin looks at me, and then we said, I think we got to get out of here. Because at 16, you know what you still do? You follow directions and take tests. Yeah. <laughs> well, I just asked a, a question of the tarot, uh-huh. um, which was, is the custody battle going to be ferocious? And the card that I pulled was the Knight of Wands, which is the Fire Knight. There's going to be pro- uh, Oh, honey, I think that this is going to be all-out warfare. <laughs> yeah, I think there's going to be some things that uh, come out. Yeah, I definitely think so. Well, you know, interestingly enough, in Nicole Kidman's lawsuit that she had put in it that um, her husband had a very bizarre relationship with some guy that used to be um, a gay porn star that did wrestling videos, gay porn wrestling videos. Oh, my. So, um, you know, and that there might have up, been some oil and some pudding involved. Which is what ended up being why they ended up having an out-of-court settlement, because Nicole was going for the jugular. Right. Um, but the, the thing here is is that Tom Cruise did get custody of his, those kids um, that um, he adopted with Nicole Cruise. The other sad thing is that Tom Cruise told Nicole Kidman that he wanted a divorce a day after she miscarried his child. Oh, what a... No, weren't they, their kids adopted? Their kids were adopted. She had finally gotten pregnant. Yeah. And the day after she miscarried, he um, uh, asked for uh, a divorce. But the Scientologists have these weird ideas in regards to medical circumstances, and um, he may have not um, saw her as a proper vessel if she wasn't if she was miscarrying. Um, uh, you know, so it was pretty um, traumatic. I, I will tell you that if I was Nicole Kidman, girl, I would have went for the jugular, too. <laughs> right. right. Or so I would have been having to really pa- practice some Kabbalah restriction. So Tom Cruise ended up getting custody of the kids or just sharing it? They got joint custody with him as being the custodial parent. Wow. But he sent them to the Sea Org, which is the school for Scientology. So pretty much, Nicole hasn't um, spent an enormous amount of time with the kids. That would drive me bananas. I get, I get, um, I was gone for almost two weeks, and half the time I was with my daughter, but when I was in um, Denver, I was like, where's my kid? I was yeah. only gone for five days, and I'm like, where's my kid? Yeah. So, and that's just, <clears throat> and I had just spent a weekend with her, and I was done with it. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> and yes, sir, you don't want much to do with her either. But <laughs> You know, although I'm sure that people are looking at the, the Kabbalah school, it's kind of nuts now, too, aren't they? Um, it doesn't have the crazy um, stigma to it that Scientology does. Um, one of the difficulties, I think, that with Kabbalah, and I think a bit with Scientology, is that anything that... Um, Weeks of uh, anti-Catholic, anti-fundamental um, uh, uh, Christianity is a high target towards being attacked. Anyways, now you just took your first Kabbalah class. Yeah. And what did you think? What was your experience? Well, I was I would listen to the audio of the last class in a, in a um, series of classes called the Sixth Sense. Mm-hmm. And and so I got the culmination of, of some of it, and they talked about um, angels, which you sent me that class because I'm doing some research on 
on that for a class. And mm-hmm. I I was really, I can't say I agreed with all of it, but there's pieces of it I went, wow. But it was it was really down to earth. I really like this this presenter who's very down to earth. This rabbi. Um, and the mysticism, like you said, he talks about he talked about angels, but he brought in other things from the Kabbalah in there here and there, some of the philosophies. I went, that's what I've been teaching, mm-hmm. <laughs> and and it just made me say, yeah, none of this is new, none of this is new, none of it. I, I think the difference and why um, the tenets of Kabbalah really is about taking responsibility for your own life. Mm-hmm. Um, and you being um, the cause rather than the effect. And I think that's why you really can't. Uh, people aren't necessarily attacking the Kabbalah study. Mm-hmm. You know, they'll they'll um, they'll diss the Jewish faith and the Jewish people because of some of their their philosophies, which I don't agree with that either. But um, but the um, Kabbalah is you're right. It is about taking responsibility for yourself. It, it, it's about taking responsibility for yourself and um, uh, being proactive rather than reactive. And uh, I would tell you, I've been studying for 13 years, and I'm still reactive. Uh, <laughs> so it's something that you have to work on for a long period of time, 14 years now, actually. Um, yeah, I've been teaching it and learning it and, and figuring this stuff out on my own, and I can still get very reactive myself. Yeah, what? but, you know, I, I think that any, you know, the difference that I see with it in Christianity is that Christianity Really, if, if you look at its its philosophy, it doesn't really want to take responsibility. Uh, you know, if you did something wrong, it was because of an attack of the devil. Um, uh, if you, if, yeah. you know, if you uh, if you had an affair on your wife, I've sinned against my wife. Mm-hmm. Thank you, uh, 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 Jimmy Swaggart. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, all of these particular elements. But if you sit and you look at it, it's basically, you know, you're going to read the Bible, you're going to go to church on Sunday, and then when you're done, you're done, and you're going to go to heaven. Um, well, that's that's the, the Sunday the Sunday Christians. Now, if you talk to um, people who live that life, mm-hmm. they're more, much more like Buddhists than Christians. Like, yeah. okay, but, but here's, I have a friend of mine who is a minister in the Catholic Church. And she's not a nun, she's mm-hmm. just, and the most she can be is, is a minister, a lay minister. And I just I just adore Bridget so much. And I haven't seen her for months, and I, I got to call her now that I'm talking about her. But what we were having a debate about the rise of Christianity. Mm-hmm. And we, we were having a discussion, it wasn't a debate. And I said, really, I'm, I wonder if the rise of Christianity was, well, a conquerors. But why did... Why did these kings, these conquerors, flip over to Christianity? Because they could make themselves the Pope, which was what um, um, uh, damn Constantine did. Mm-hmm. Um, I won't say Constantinople, <laughs> which is where Constantine, you know. Anyway, um, he made himself the Pope, so he made himself the ruler of the whole thing, and um, and so then he, everyone had to bow to him. And they were willing to do it, A, because he's the ruler, and two, because he said, don't worry about any of that sinning. I got that. Mm-hmm. So pretty much you can almost do anything, and then if you if you accept the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior, then you're forgiven. Mm-hmm. And so what they did is, is, you know, Christianity was the rebel religion. Yeah. It was the Scientology of its day. 
And so, and but but the the transition from a lot of the pagans. So why, when the Gauls came over, uh, when the Romans came over to to, um, to conquer the Gauls, why why did they so willingly convert to Christianity? Because they didn't have to be responsible anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and and there wasn't a full conversion. There was a more of an, an absorption. Um, so so as we're discussing this now, on the flip side, when you find someone who is a true Christian, it is a beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. Because when you go with the, the true teachings, it's absolutely about personal responsibility. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and uh, you know, that is why I was um, always much more uh, attracted to Kabbalah, um, because it is, uh, it, number one, it made more sense to me. Um, uh, and number two, um, looking at things like God as more of an energy system than, you know, a deity, um, uh, you know, that sits up on a cloud, you know, in a lawn chair, uh, you know, zapping everybody um, mm. or uh, sending them to hell and damnation was basically um, much more uh, uh, easier for me to work with um, at that particular point. And, you know, a lot of it, you know, I talked about it before, uh, Jackie, but um, as a child, I suffered from um, ritualistic sex- sexual abuse. And with ritualistic sexual abuse, you have a religious component to it. So I needed something that would allow me to connect, but not to connect in that way. Yeah, and and I absolutely, and I'm I'm glad you, you went, went for that, because here's, you can be Christian, you can be Jewish, and you can go the lazy route. Which is just pulling the pulling the the fantastic um, um, splash that's on top that gets your attention and limiting yourself there. Mm-hmm. You know, there's there's um, there's some really exciting passages where it gets your the hell and damnation passages, the ones that that say unequivocally you have to be like this or you will be damned to hell. Mm-hmm. Well, it's all out of context. Yeah. All of that is out of context, and you can do that within the Orthodox Jewish faith as well. Yes. What I find fascinating is the amount of women studying the Kabbalah now. Yes, and, and it is thanks to Karen. Um, uh, Karen Berg, you know, allowed basically for that to happen. Um, uh, oh. It was her pushing through, who is my uh, uh, Kabbalah teacher's mother, Um it was her that basically said, why should we just restrict this to people that um, are men and people that aren't um, Jewish? You know, that's just absurd. If this is a um, method of connecting, which we will go on the other side. Uh, you know, for example, the term Israelite, uh, uh, Jackie, just really means somebody that chooses um, to live a life based on spiritual principles. You know, um, connecting to the larger um, uh, 99% realm rather than the 1% uh, physical realm. The word Torah means spirituality. Um, so basically, you know, she went and she um, stated, well, shouldn't everybody be able to study this? Shouldn't everybody be able to be connected? Why is it only limited? And basically, you know, she, and, and that's why a lot of um, Hasidic and traditional Jewish organizations are kind of anti Kabbalah because she's kind of shaken up the system. Mm-hmm. But we have to take a break. We do. Um, on the other side of the break, Jackie and I will be back. We'll be talking a lot more Kabbalah plus Kabbalah Conjure. And I'm going to kind of, you know, um, find out what Jackie learned about angels a little bit on the other side also since it does have to do with um, Kabbalah. Um, do not touch that dial. You're listening to Keep It Magic. We'll be back in a flash. 
Welcome back to Keep It Magic Radio, which we lovingly call Kim Radio for short. Aye, aye. <laughs> I'm Jackie Smith, and I'm here with Storm Sestavani, and we're bragging on each other today. Um, and because he is amazing and brilliant and accurate as a reader. Uh, what did um, I do this time? Um, well, you talked about the crazy weather. I asked you, was it in May? Mm-hmm. What kind of weather we should expect um, for the summer? Mm-hmm. And you did say June was going to be explicitly hot mm-hmm. in, in a not a good way and um, and really dry. Um and you, you talked about some of the stuff going on, and 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 you talked about I think you talked about where it was going to be really hot in um, well in the mountains and stuff too. Yeah. Because it had been hot on and off in in the uh, Midwest, but you talked a lot about the Midwest. I'm more east than Midwest. Yeah. Um, and we have I don't, it can't get much hotter than a forest fire. Uh, it, 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 exactly. You know the uh, the weather maps that I use, of course, are based on astrology. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I found uh, them very, very eerie, even as I was looking at them. And one of the things that it showed, um, especially on, you know, the, the planet that governed the um, the East Coast and the central part of the, of the country was the planet um, Uranus, which is a very um, uh, hot, high-pressure um, type of uh, uh, of energy. So there you have it. Plus it's strange and bizarre and unpredictable. Well, yeah, and you don't know how that, uh, one of the things you've taught me is that you can look at um, how these planetaries are lining up and how they affect each other, but how it manifests. Yeah. You don't know, but you talked about a lot of heat. Um, well, one of the things that you know in summer is that you have to take the particular season. You know, if I see Neptune on an angle um, uh, uh, in, like, a lunar chart, um, which you do weather-wise for the, we- the weather of the week, if you see Neptune on an angle in a, uh, uh, a lunar chart, it can often mean lots of precipitation, lots of rain, fog. It can mean smoke. Um, Neptune was on the angle in um, Colorado. Um, uh, for the um, for the for the summer, and if you notice, they're not getting an enormous amount of moisture, but they are getting a lot of smoke um, from the fire. So it is this Who's very feeling? yeah. So you have to take into context the season, um, uh, but it's very very difficult to say. You know, like if you're looking at California, and you see a lot of Saturn there, that can be either storm systems or earthquakes. Okay, I got so. What are you thinking about for August, for for the rest, or I should say for July? Um, July, I think that there will be a little bit of a cooling trend that will happen towards the middle of the month, and then I think it will heat back up in August again. Well, that's and that's to be expected in August. Yeah, that's to be expected in August. Um, uh, well, one of the things that I'm really concerned about right now is is the drought. Mm-hmm. We we usually get rain in May, June. It's not as hot. And I don't know about about where you are in New York, but it's a brown grass season here. We usually don't get brown grass season until August. Um, but they they've been talking about low water tables and drought all over the country. Um, and um, and some people are so concerned about it. Actually, there's a group on on Facebook that started inviting people to a um, um, a divine rain prayer. Um, um, 
at and which is going to be today at five o'clock Eastern time. I think that's when it is because they said ten o'clock. What was it? Um, um, I have to look it up real quick. It was a ten o'clock Greenwich Mean Time. UTC, which I guess would be Greenwich. Universal Time, which would be six o'clock our time. Oh, six o'clock, not five o'clock. Yeah, six o'clock. Oh snap. Well, we'll start it at five. Yeah, we'll start it at five anyways. You know, we're rule breakers. <laughs> we're rule breakers here on Keep It Magic. Yeah, absolutely. But, um, you know, and, and just to kind of saying your own prayers and um, for rain um, to help with the drought. They can't help. They can't hurt. But it can definitely help because I have been thinking about this a lot today and thinking about this a lot um, a lot of people that I know in Michigan that are doing the same thing specifically for today prepping for tonight some people I know have built little altars and and have started their stuff I gotta tell you it's been raining here all day it was supposed to dry up by 11 o'clock this morning Uh. it's been raining and thundering all day well that's good but here's the crazy thing it rains it poured this morning It, it was a deluge this morning and I was soaked running from the car. I love that word, a deluge. I know. They, sometimes I say things wrong on purpose, but um, I think I got that one right. Yeah, deluge, yeah. Um, so I was soaked to the bone, which I loved. I was like, I'm running through this rain because I've been waiting for it. And um, so it's been 90 and rainy, so it makes it really humid, but I'm loving the rain. But it's drying it up. It's still really hot that the the concrete is drying as soon as within yeah. probably about a half hour of it stopping stopping raining, but that just means that the ground really needs that moisture. Yeah, definitely. So um, at five o'clock, we're gonna at our next our last segment of the show, we're we're gonna do our own little uh, radio rain dance. Yeah. Um, and so you all can be happy to join in with us and then continue on because the rest of the country is going to be joining us at, at 6 instead of yeah. <laughs> Well, at, at, at least, you know, um, Hazel from Almost Heavens in our chat room, um, we love you, Aunt Hazel. Um, uh, uh, so she'll be able to open up her show with Lizzie, with, uh, which goes on at 6 p.m. Um, with a prayer uh, for You know, with praying for rain. So it'll be... And, and you know, my prayers that I started, my energy that I started on this as I was starting to talk to my angels about this um, was I was talking about my concerns, and I was talking about how we need a gentle, continuous rain. Yeah. We need something that, we need rain that our ground can absorb and use immediately. Yeah. Um, rather than <laughs> floods. Because sometimes that's what happens. It's like, it, it's um, you haven't had rain for a long time, and and it builds up in the air, and then you get so much rain, and and the the ground can't deal with it, um, and then you have a whole nother ball game. Yeah. So um, storm, I'm really excited, and I can't wait anymore. You and I have been creating, and we're probably not the first ones to do this, but we're the first ones in our group of friends of us. To start talking about Kabbalah Conjure. I've actually looked it up all over the place, and I've, we're the first. Really? Can you, can, we have to get that. We, we need to train to work that. Yeah. Yeah. So, now, Kabbalah. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about what that is. Because there's the K, the C, the Q. Okay. Um, of Kabbalah. And first. Kabbalah with all those letters starting it. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It's a sometimes with one B, double B. Don't worry about the Bs. <laughs> Um, Kabbalah is the mystical interpretation of the Old Testament. Now, of course, there's different kinds 
um, the Kabbalah that is with a Q is more of a Kabbalah with an Egyptian um, uh, a magical, uh, ceremonial mag- magic type of perspective. It was um, kind of caught up with the Order of the Golden Dawn. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, they kind of pulled this together and you know made their own little system uh, with it. Now, um, if, if I may interject for a moment, the comedic people that I know, Talk about Kemetic being the um, the spiritual the study of the spiritual teachings of of the Egyptian people. Mm-hmm. Um, they talk about how um, the Old Testament is was really Egyptian in origin of, mm-hmm. of origin. It comes from Egyptian writings. They talk about the snake um, in the Garden of Eden being the um, the representation of Egypt. Well, you have to remember that Moses was in, the, you know, even though that he was Jewish, he was born in Egypt. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, who and Moses wrote the first five books of the Bible, which is called the Torah. Um, his time, Scientologist. <laughs> yeah, he was a Scientologist of his time. You know the, uh, 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 you know, especially you know. Plus, you know, he was running around doing black magic and, uh, you know, cursing people and you know the poor Pharaoh. I mean, uh, he really got a, a taste of what magic is about. So, um, uh, uh, but the Kabbalah with a Q has more of that more Egyptian type of connection to it and more married to ceremonial magic and I would even you know further state uh, hermeticism you know it, it's also married to uh, herme- neoplatonic hermeticism now what um, is um, and that's going back to the Renaissance Hermes, what, okay Hermes Plato the whole thing yeah, yeah. Um, which was made popular popular during the Renaissance and at the time that the printing press uh, you know right around the time that Tarot um, was born okay um, Kabbalah with a C is Christian Kabbalah. Oh. Well, that um, makes sense, and that's easy to remember. Yeah, easy to remember. Kabbalah with a K is um, uh, Kabbalah that's tenants are based upon Judaism um, uh, and is more of a theoretical um, um, uh more of a theoretical, really educated type of system. Okay. You know, it's it's the ones that are really studying the Zohar and really analyzing every single word out of the Torah, and looking at connections and doing gematria, which is which is Kabbalistic numerology. Now, tell um, me, talk to me more about the Christian Kabbalah. Uh, the Christian Kabbalah is roots are in Kabbalah with a K. Um, basically, what it follows is that according to Kabbalistic texts. Um, uh, Jesus was a Kabbalist, um, and it really follows more of his particular teachings. It's very much um, uh, gospel-oriented, not only Torah-oriented, but gospel-oriented, and then it kind of throws out everything else. Okay. So it sounds like to me the the bigger differences is between the Q and the K, the Kabbalah with the Q and the Kabbalah with the K. And when I was studying ceremonial magic, and yes, I did, I found it very lacking in mm-hmm. in morality. Yeah. It was it, and and it's not as a judgment to say my morals are better than yours. So they just weren't there. It was about form and function. Yeah. And you stand in the east and you call this angel and you go yad hey vav hey, you know whatever all this other stuff and I I found it quite boring. 
Yeah. Um, and 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 unenlightened. And I don't want to say that to um, to insult the people who practice um, ceremonial magic because there's a lot to it, and it's it's pretty intense, and it's and it's an intensive study. And when I say unenlightened, I mean um, um, I, I missed. The, I couldn't find the spirit in it. I couldn't find the light, meaning meaning the fire in the belly, or the light of the spirit, or the light of the divine. Light of the divine is really what I'm looking for. It was a manipulation of the divine rather than the light of the divine. Mm-hmm. And and again, this is my own personal opinion, and I probably had teachers who were really egocentric at the time, um, who didn't understand that either. Now, and they're very form and function, and and it was through some of my Wicca training, um, mm-hmm. it, was, it was being mixed up together. Now, as I learn more about the Kabbalah with a K, mm-hmm. and in the conversations that you and I have been having over the past what four years, yeah, um, about Kabbalah with a K, it's about um, a co, um, not not just a co-creation, but um, just just a uh, a co-invitation to to mm-hmm. join forces. Um, so, if there's something that you need. Or if the divine wants you to intercede um, in the one percent, I love that what you said. I'll let you talk about it in a second. Um, is that you have, you're building a relationship mm-hmm. with the divine, and that's what I'm I'm liking about the stuff you talk about with the Kabbalah. I can't say that I'm a convert, but I can say that I'm learning a lot and I'm grabbing onto what I love. The um, well, the interesting thing with Kabbalah is that it doesn't require you to convert. It's not a uh, a quote-unquote religion. Um, it's a system. So kind of like conjure is a system. Yeah, you can be a great Catholic but also study Kabbalah. Um, you can be a witch and study Kabbalah. They even have um, uh, Budo Kabbalists, which are Buddhists that study Kabbalah. I have um, some of them. Yeah, so, so basically what... And again, you know, the term, as a lot of people will look in the, in the Torah and they'll read, you know, the Israelites walked across the desert, okay? Um, uh, basically, what, what that means is the word Israelite means somebody that makes the act of choice and decision in their head to connect to a higher system, okay? So, Jackie, you are an Israelite, whether you want to be one or not. Um, now, with the walking across the desert... Be that that dark night of the soul. Um, the, walking across the desert, um, uh, you know, reflects going through the particular process. Oh, it's not necessarily dark night of the soul. It's just no. It's just the process. It's the process. Because one of the things I love, oh, you said something to me a while ago called bread of shame. Mm-hmm. That um, that when you get something for free, without mm-hmm. working for it. It comes with bread of shame. Yes. And that um, you haven't worked for it, you haven't earned for it, you don't you don't respect it. You don't value it. Yeah. You don't value it. And um, and that's I, that just it really there's there's so many um, phrases that I, I'm finding within the Kabbalah that I go that's what I've been talking about. Basically, the concept of bread of shame, okay, is that you have <clears throat> the Creator, okay. And the purpose of the creator is only to give, okay? That is the, uh, you, you know, uh, people can throw out, in the Kabbalistic system, the thought of hell and damnation and burning and, uh, uh, you know, some crazy lunatic god is not there. Mm-hmm. Um, what 
it is is that you have a a creator, okay, the beginning of it all, whose only purpose is to give, um, to to share light. Then you have a vessel, okay, which of course any good creator needs a vessel. Um, and the vessel itself um, uh, constantly receives light. Okay, now here is the thing. The vessel one day woke up and stated, well, you know what, I want to share also because it, it had been receiving bread of shame. Mm-hmm. Um, it started to feel bad. It only, you know, it only had like a parasitic type of relationship with the light. It was only getting so much, so, so much light. Um, and basically what happens is that the vessel decides that it wants to share as well. The moment that that happens, okay, the universe contracted, split apart, <clears throat> big bang theory. <clears throat> um, and that wasn't a sneeze? Okay. No, that wasn't a sneeze. Uh, <laughs> and basically what happened is that the vessel shattered into many vessels. Um, uh, so basically what you had was that the vessel itself wanted to become a being of showering or a being of, of giving light on its own. Um, uh so basically, you know, with when you work for something or you expand your vessel, which is what we do at Rosh Hashanah, um, uh, you know, you allow a larger amount of light to come. Now, here is, here is the thing. There is a trick, a big, huge, gigantic trick. The more light that you share, the more that you share, mm-hmm. the more light you get because okay. the light is constantly trying to fill the vessel. But if you're taking actions and you're just receiving and receiving and receiving, it causes a short circuit, okay? And the individual can become resentful. They can become depressed. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, they can feel as though that they don't matter. Um, you know, all of these different types of things. So that is what, in the um, metaphysical New Age movement, we are calling, that, that not we, but, but it, it is called the become your own source. Yeah. So so you start, um, if you want a better life, if you want more money, you start kind of giving more money away, like like you have money to give away, and then you get refilled with it faster and faster. So, yeah. um, Or give love. The, the biggest one would be if, you, if you're lonely and you want more people in your life, then you need to give love to other people, and, and, you'll, and it'll be filled. Um, but that's kind of going into more of the the conceptual and not necessarily the the conjure. So, you know, mm-hmm. to me, conjure uh, folk magic all over the world is all well is all the same, mostly the same. Mm-hmm. There's the concepts underneath are the same. The execution can change based mm-hmm. on your um, culture and and your location. Because if you're living near the water, mm-hmm. um, prosperity equals fish. Mm-hmm. But if you're living um, near the desert, prosperity equals water. You know, so so that's you know it all it's all relative to, to where yeah. you are and, and what your culture is all about. So we have um, well, you, you know, what happens is as I try to get the sentence out is that you'll talk to me about something you're learning in the Kabbalah, and I go, mm-hmm. well, that's kind of like this conjure. Or I'll tell you about this conjure, and you go, well, that's like in the Kabbalah. And so we, it, it just, we all we get very excited. Can you tell I'm stuck? Yeah. <laughs> and it's also taking the particular, um, with Kabbalah, there's 52 energies of the year mm-hmm. based upon the 52 weeks. Okay. Each particular energy taps into a different dimension um, uh, of Kabbalah each and every single week. Um, and basically marrying that 
with conjure and allowing somebody to do something practical or structured in regards to actually activating this particular energy um, is really uh, is going to be really powerful. So what you talked about with this week, mm-hmm. I love that I have keep thinking about this story, um, and and we have about three minutes before we go to break. Do you, you want to start the story? Which story? What is the the week that we're in, Kamala? Oh, it's it's called Bilak. Um, I don't know if we have time um, before before the break. Give us the cliff notes. Um, basically, it is a story about um, a Jude who is a a, a sorcerer, um, and he does what is called um, a fire magic. Um, in other words, uh, he creates chaos. But in order for chaos to happen. Um, there needs to be a different type of magic done first, which is uh, called uh, air magic. Um, with that, basically, um, it's, you know, that there's an enormous amount of difficulty. Excuse me, my iPhone just went crazy. Um, <laughs> the, uh, th- that basically, with air magic, there is an enormous amount of... Uh, uh, it, it has to do with the head. It has to do with thought. It has to do with concepts. So Bilam goes and gets a student named Bilam, um, and Bilam, of course, knows about uh, about God and knows about uh, uh, you know um, uh, the, the particular power that God has. And uh, Bilam, of course, you know, travels along. Uh, you, you know, at first he tells uh, uh, Bilak he isn't going to do it. He can't, you know, change the Israelites in any sort of uh, in any sort of way. Um, he then, you know, the uh, Bilak sends more messengers to Bilam, which back then there wasn't any post office, so it took days. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, Bilak sends more, and he says, you know, I'll give you all of this material wealth. And Bilam tells. Uh, Bilak's, uh basically that there is nothing that he can basically do. Um, you know, all of the money in the world um, isn't going to change the situation in it. Um, so pretty much what ends up happening um, over time um, is that uh, Bilam continues to consult with God, and God says, okay, you can go and do it as long as you speak the words that I put into your mouth. So off he goes to Bilak. On the way, of course, um, because Bilam is still, you know, caught in his own desire, okay? Mm-hmm. He's walking along, you know, riding a donkey along the road, and an angel appears. Um, and Bilam cannot see this angel, okay? So basically what happens is that, you know, he's kicking the donkey and saying, move, you know, what is going on with you, and slapping the donkey and all this other stuff. And then finally the the donkey looks up at him and says, what the hell are you doing? You know, can't you see what's in front of me? And he says, no. So basically what happens is is that, you know, the donkey tells him, you know, there's an angel there. First of all, there is now a donkey talking, okay? (laughs) And if you don't believe at that point, you're just dumb. Yeah. Now, there is now a donkey talking, okay? Um, so basically, um, uh, God then removes the blindfold on uh, Bilam, and then Bilam also sees the angel in the road, and the angel uh, is irritated and ticked off that Bilam is going to go do uh, this particular situ- this particular circumstance. Um, so what ends up happening is that... Um, Bilak and Bilam get together, and they go to curse 
um, uh, uh, the um, go to curse the uh, Israelites. And basically, what happens is that um, uh, it ends up being a blessing. Um, so each time that he goes and curses, that there ends up being a blessing. He curses on one side of the mountain. It is a blessing. So then this is how crazy it gets. But Lot goes, oh, it didn't work there. Why don't we go over on this side? It might work there. <laughs> you know, and then he goes, oh, it didn't work there. Why don't we just pick off two or three and just you know, curse them and see if it works? And what happens is that these blessings keep occurring and that Bilam keeps uh, blessing the Israelites and uh, Bilam keeps threatening to kill Bilam. And then basically they eventually kind of, you know, the, the portion ends. Um, with two things, okay? Number one, um, uh, the, the people of Israel start doing this massive orgy, which we will talk about next week. Um, and then, uh, <laughs> and then uh, basically what happens with uh, uh, Bilam is that he is infused with an enormous amount of energy. Um, uh, and with him being infused with all of that particular energy, um, the issue is that he starts to prophesy about the kingdoms and all of them falling. Now, basically, what led Balak to get Bilam, okay, is the fact that you had all of these Israelites that had just come in. Three, they just destroyed three nations, okay, and now they're about to walk through his. Mm -hmm. So it's pretty interesting, which we will go into more after the break. Okay, so right now what we're going to do is because we have um, more songs from 1992 to peruse today, we're going to take a quick break and we're going to come back. We're going to do our radio rain dance and um, talk more about um, the conjure that's all within this. So don't go away. We will write back. We have uh, another segment coming in with lots of getting to the good stuff, getting to the magic.
Muhammad is Playing home as I make mine at 99 You style me while always on a mission While fishing in the rivers of life Fishing in the rivers of life Fishing in the rivers of life Fishing in the rivers of Fishing in the rivers of Fishing in the rivers of life And by the way, we are on every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Pacific, Western, whatever you want to call it, you know, the other side of the coast. We're moo-moo land this. We're moo-moo land this, <laughs> and every hour in between. And if you enjoyed this show, don't forget to click the like on the blog talk so you get notifi- notified every time we're going to come on. And who knows, we might throw a surprise one in there. Yeah. You never know. You never know. And, um, and if you're on the go... Grab us on your iTunes. You can even get a Blog Talk app you can download. And um, you can always go to keepitmagic.com. We're brilliant. We got it everywhere. So we got some stuff to talk about real quick. Yeah. So our radio rain dance. I think it's kind of happening because I know it was, it was raining down in um, in the south, the central south today. Mm-hmm. It's been little bits of rain here and there. Um, I think this has been this has absolutely been manifesting. And it, here's the funny thing: so studying the angels, and one of the things about them is once you start talking to them, the angels um, show up and they do what they've got to do. I'm studying the angels, and then I see this post on on Facebook. I'm invited to this event, um, which is called the um, I should know this off the top of my head: Prayer for the Divine What. Prayer to the Divine for Renewing Waters. That's the name of the event. Prayer to the Divine for Renewing Waters. Mm-hmm. I saw that and I read that. And I go, you know, that's lovely. It's all over the world. It's nothing, no huge commitment. Um, people aren't asking for money. So I went back to studying angels and the name popped up. Like literally I went from that page back to this other page. And the name of Afbri, an angel called Afbri, and he is in charge of the rain. Or she, he, she is in charge of the rain. Mm-hmm. A-F-B-R-I. And you said there's millions of angel names in the Kabbalah. Yeah, yeah. And I just stopped. Well, at least thousands. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, you know, I can exaggerate at times. Yeah. But I have to say, like like a big uh, holy mackerel. Because literally one page to the next page, I'm like, boink, there it is. And and, and one of the things that I learned about the angels is that um, they are the bridge. Yeah. They're the bridge from from you to to whatever's next, to what you with the energy you want to send out, and I, I I really think that that angel presented itself. Yeah, I I think so also. And you know the reason why there's so many in the Zohar is there's not only positive angels but there's negative. And and well that's true. Well that's another that's another show. 
So I did not say the name out loud on Sunday. I did not say the name out loud until Monday evening. Mm. And that's the other thing about the Kabbalah. You have to say it out loud. Yeah. And then I started saying it out loud, and then because um, I only had typed it in a couple times, I told you and told Patty Monday evening. And then this morning I said the name a couple of times. Hello, Rain. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I would, you know, would love to put that out. I mean, we, we're on the Internet, so we're virtually everywhere right now. Mm-hmm. So everywhere where there is drought, that the angel Afbri, who is in charge of the rain, who brings the rain, helps bring that um, gentle, thirsty rain um, that's needed everywhere where there's drought. Yeah. And I and I would like literally wherever you are, if you're listening to the show right now, and go through till six o'clock, say that name, Afbri, the angel of Afbri, say it out loud. Ask them, ask the angels to bring rain where it is needed. And you know what? I just got thunder and it started raining harder. I would just like to say that. Right now. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it's um. This is this is pretty intense stuff, and and that's, and and the thing about the angels is that um, what they what I gathered from that and from listening to them is it's not that complicated. No. No. So let's talk about Bilak and Bilam for a moment because we we got the basic story, and the premise of the story is Bilam went confusion. Bilam went against. Mm-hmm. Um, Bilam got greedy. Bilam got greedy. And went against what what is good for him. Yeah. What his belief system is. Yeah. And then he got into somebody else's business. He stepped into somebody else's cup. Yeah. And wouldn't that also be him going against his own people? Bilam wasn't an Israelite. He was a Gentile. Mm. But he was the most powerful. There was um in the Torah, it states that there was no more, that the most powerful prophet of the Israelites was um, uh, Moses. Can you, but, can I just pause a second? Can you hear how hard the rain's coming down through the phone? Yeah. Okay, just checking. So, so basically, <laughs> you know, the most powerful prophet of um, uh, the non Israelites okay. um, was Bilam. Okay. So. Um, so what's the conjure in all this? Um, well, number one, um, well, one of the things to realize is that this is not a story that happened years ago. It probably happened about 30 minutes ago. <laughs> <laughs> and if you explain, take it, explain if, what you mean. if you take this and bring it down to our particular world, okay, mm-hmm. you have a guy, Bilak. He owns a store in the town. And, um, uh, you know, he's been servicing his customers. He thinks that he's been doing a good job. Um, he's doing all of these things. And then, basically, the, a competitor Walmart moves in. Walmart <laughs> um, Then a competitor moves in. Um, and, basically, what happens is that Bivlak begins to get nervous because the competitor has moved in and that the competitor is now competing against him. Mm-hmm. So Bilak contacts another um, uh, uh, person that does something that he, similar to he does mm-hmm. um, in another area and says, why don't you come over and help me deal with 
um, you know, these uh, these interlopers and usurpers um, uh, that are competing against me in my business. Mm-hmm. Um, so the guy comes over and, you know, he every time that they attempt to do something or they attempt to perform something, it actually improves the business of a competitor. Um, basically what what is happening here is that oftentimes whenever we begin to become confused or we go into that place of scarcity or that lack mentality, according to Kabbalah, the most powerful negative circumstance that we can go through is confusion. Um, And the reason being is that when we become confused, the difference between reality, what is really going on, and illusion becomes messed up. Um, it becomes very, very clouded, and whenever confusion happens, okay, uh, you know, so you know, if, if say for example the opposite happened, okay, and uh, you know, Bilak and Bilam were successful, and you know, the owners of the new business were, oh my God, what is happening? This isn't a good place for us to be. You know, let's close up shop. Let's end. Rather than looking at their marketing program, you know, they just decide, oh my God, you know, this isn't working here. Let's close shop and 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 let's let it end. Um, but whenever we go into those particular circumstances where we all have an enormous amount of uh, uh, of worry or fear, or that you know that we're really focused upon more our ego and more of our own gratification, okay? Um, because you can do all of the right things, Jackie, but if you do them for all the wrong reasons, like for satisfaction of your ego, you are opening yourself up to still confusion because the moment that one thing goes wrong, confusion is going to come in. I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know why I don't have any sales. I don't know why stuff is shelling off the shelves. I don't know why this business is selling more than mine. I don't know why that woman is getting all the men and I'm not. Um, I don't know why... Uh, my finances are uh, are messed up, um, and a lot of times it is because we're clearly asking the wrong question. We're trying to satisfy the one percent realm rather than satisfy the ninety nine percent realm, um, and looking at where the short circuit is occurring. So the biggest short circuit that can happen is confusion. Okay, so where, where's our Kabbalah in here? Where's our, excuse me, where's our conjure in here? Um, my feeling here is is that because first of all, what we're dealing with is air magic. Um, I think that the the conjure in this is how do you remove spiritual confusion? What tools can you use to get more clarity in regards to your life and have more certainty? You know, I have I have a thought on it, and it's not a popular one. Okay. Uh, and we talked about this. We talked about this before. None of this is, is brand new to either one of us. Yeah. Um, bless them. Yeah. Literally. Literally, when you say that, uh, you talked about the um, the bread of shame, mm-hmm. kind of pulling some things together. So when, when someone is, um, first of all, one of the nastiest things you can do to somebody is give them everything they want. Mm-hmm. <laughs> really, when you give somebody everything they want, they really are no longer an issue for you. They love it. And I know that sounds weird, but think about it for a while. But um, and and this literally this came up last week in a reading and one of the things that in the in the Kashuk records and in the conjure work that I was doing it said bless them take bread and bless them bless the bread and give it to them and um, and that's exactly what, and and what'll happen is is everything will calm down and you'll know exactly what to do 
Um, so when you're when I'm confused, when I'm pissed off, when I'm you know I I have a, a one specific competitor who just frustrates the crap out of me. Mm-hmm. And and they really you know and I can go into the whole story and I can feel justified in the whole thing and and completely ignore that we have a free market in this world and 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 you can do whatever you want. Mm-hmm. Um, but I have sat there and I've I've said that and and this is the hardest thing to do because they've taken money out of money out of my pockets, food out of my mouth. I bless them. Mm-hmm. I I literally bless them and then you you become you send that light out and you become the vessel for more light. And that that brings um, less confusion. Now, how does that work in conjure world? Um, you give them everything you that they want, mm-hmm. and if they get everything that they want, they're gonna. When, when you give somebody everything that they want, if you're the kid in the middle of the candy store, if you are Veronica Veruca Salt, mm-hmm. having her um, a bean feast and her golden egg, mm-hmm. um, you you you're not gonna look look up. You're going to literally bury yourself underneath all that, and so you give somebody everything they want. And, I'll, I'll and, s- go, ahead. go ahead. On the other end of that, if you're the individual that's receiving evil eye mm-hmm. um, uh, uh, from you know people that are wanting to do your business harm or are uh, gossiping or you know trying to malign you in some way, this is also the week to do protection magic. Like you know, that. and in fact, the reason that we read in Scandilock is basically to remove the influence of evil eye. I like it to remove the influence of evil eye. So, so one of the things about the Kabbalah is if you if you read the passage out loud. Yes. That's what you told me yesterday. If you read the passage out loud, you've just invoked it. Yes. So it, well, it's why you when you are you know scanning the Zohar. Um, let me open one up here. Um, Oh, this is going to blow your mind. Um, I just opened up uh, uh, the Zohar in Bilak, and it says, After these lads, um, Meta, and I don't say the the whole name because it's too much energy, and Sandalfon are blessed as required, then let them grow into a multitude like fish (laughs) in the midst of the earth, since it is the manner of fish to multiply and be fruitful inside water. If they leave the water for dry land, they soon die. Um, these are not like that. They are, however, from that great ocean, meaning from Malkut, the physical world. Um, their increase is by being fruitful and multiplying in the land, meaning in the lower worlds that are drawn down from Malkut, which is not the case for all the fish in the world. Basically, what this particular segment means is that in order for things to be fruitful, you have to do. Right. Um, that you have to make a connection in the physical world, the world of Malkut. Um, and that by doing, you will continue, you know, as long as you have the right mindset, of course, you will you will continue to increase. It's interesting that we bring up Meta and Sandalfon, but um, uh, mm-hmm. uh, Meta, of course, Meta, of course, is the seed level, Kater, and Sandalfon is the physical world um, uh, uh, of Malkut. But basically, you say it out loud to connect to the energy. So um, so part of the, the conjure that you can do on, on this week, which is, getting rid of the evil eye. Mm-hmm. And that is one of the ways you can get rid of the evil eye is doing active blessings for yourself. Mm-hmm. I love it. I can do that. I can do that. Um, and bless, you know, and I always add in, and, and, and this may be that my Pollyanna self, I always add in, um, and blessing on everyone who positively touches our world. 
Mm-hmm. Um, or actually, I usually to keep the world positive out. I just anyone who touches our world, blessings for them. Well, if if you go into um, old, you, you know, uh, traditional Jews and even traditional Italian Catholics, um, because evil eye is such a powerful idealism amongst them. Okay, mm-hmm. with Italians, of course, it's called Milocchio. Um, uh, that basically, when they see something that they like, oh, you know, Jackie, I, you know, um, uh, I can't stand those blue shoes that you have. God bless that you have them. <laughs> you know, they always follow something up with God. Oh, that's a wonderful car of yours. God bless. Um, you know, all of that particular stuff. Um, so, um, you know, basically, that's kind of where the focus is. Mm-hmm. I like it, so you're blessing it. Yeah. The other thing that I would that I would recommend um, this week is actually um, an, a, a practical um, uh, protection spell as well. And my recommendation, of course, is going to be fiery wall um, of protection. Um, uh, the reason being is that that will help to move your mindset into more focusing on what it is that you're wanting to do and to kind of break up that energy in kind of a proactive way, um, which my feeling here is, is that the reason why candle magic is so effective is that it activates something in Kabbalah which we call proactive certainty, meaning that you're doing something and you're certain that it's going to manifest. And you, yes, and, and what happens with candle magic um, when you dress your candle appropriately like we do at Coventry, um, it sets up the vibration for you. Mm-hmm. So it sets up the call to that angel or a call to that energy for you, and then... Um, and then you can follow along. You can get into its space and then manifest what you want to manifest. Now, one of the things I do when there's a lot of confusion in the situation is I will take um, a beaded necklace. A lot of times I will use a peony seed bead necklace. A pony? <laughs> not a pony, not a brony, but a peony. Okay. Um, and you can get those necklaces. It's something that... Um, that they do in Santeria, so you'll wear that necklace for like a, a week or a month mm-hmm. until it breaks or you get the confu- com- confusion out of you. Well, what I've done in the short term is um, I have somebody put on a beaded, I cleanse somebody with a beaded necklace um, and just a simple seed bead, and um, I cleanse them um, up and down, you know, their their entire aura, put it, Put it on them. Have them talk about the Hang on to the necklace with both hands. Have them talk about the situation and let them I go, get yourself revved up. Get yourself revved up as you do this and hang on to this necklace and pull it, you know, and, and use use pressure on it, pulling it mm-hmm. until it breaks. And it usually breaks just at the right moment. And then that drains out all that confusion. Yeah. And you do that with, you. so what do you, you in the Kabbalah you use the red string for that, correct? Yeah, yeah. You take red string and you wrap it around the grave of Rachel the matriarch. Um, and because she is the matriarch that governs over protection, you then take that string and put it around your um, uh, your left wrist, and it's uh, tied eight times times in a knot. Um, uh, and you say a particular prayer over it, and that that protects you from uh, uh, evil eye. Oh, I like that. Um, the other protection you can do for evil eye is um, doing a magical bath, lighting a candle for yourself, wearing a fiery wall of protection oil. There's also the evil eye charms. Once you anoint them with fiery 
fiery wall of protection oil. We have evil eye oil, too, don't we? And we do have evil eye oil. Yep. Thank you for reminding me of that. I got stuck on the other one. (laughs) (laughs) So there's a lot of things that you can use to protect this particular week, but the energy is about um, protection and removing negativity in your life. And as a result of doing that, you will remove confusion as well. Mm-hmm. The other thing to, to look at when you do your meditation work, when, you, when you're sitting with all this energy, is to visualize the energy that's coming to you and let it become something else, kind of like um, embers mm-hmm. from fireworks, because tomorrow's 4th of July. You see those embers coming down and they look hot. But once they hit you and your aura, your stratosphere, your, your, your world, they're, they're nothing but, but um, ash. Yeah. And so um, then take it one step further. Instead of it just being ash, let it be mana. Let it be energy for you. Mm-hmm. So that the closer it gets to you, it burns itself out. And then it's nothing but, but energy for you. And, you know, hey, what they say, say in Hollywood, even if they're talking bad about you, at least they're talking about you. <laughs> and, and, and just, you know, the only thing you want is when nobody talks about you. Yeah, exactly. So, so literally, you know, think about that, so, and that's turning it, spinning it to the positive. Absolutely, spinning it to the positive. Rita came in this morning with um, she had just she had bought a Saint Rita charm, um, mm-hmm. uh, uh, Catholic charm. Um, well, I'm not using the right word. Anyway, that's not important. She was. So I was reading up on Saint Rita, and she's the um, um, she's a patron saint of tragedy and and losing children. And mm-hmm. Rita lost her son about a year and a half ago. And she goes, so I took it off. And I go, but that's the point of it, Rita. The point of it is she brings you your strength. She brings you strength through that. She blesses you through that. She's going to hold that space for you while you go through it. Mm-hmm. And she goes, oh, so why do why would you want to be alone? You want to be around somebody who already understands this and can give you the exact right thing? She goes, oh, I'm going to go put it back on. <laughs> <laughs> So how do you want to, what's the perspective you want to take on it? Yeah. So we are done. We're, We're done. already done with the show. Can you believe that? No. We're good. I was fascinated. I'm like, shit, we're done. I want to talk about more. But thank you all for joining us this afternoon. As always, we had a great time. Yes, I hope we did. you did too. And you can listen to us every single Thursday at 4 o'clock on the East Coast, 1 o'clock on the West Coast. And to reach Storm off the air, you can find him on Facebook under Astro Gossip. You can also find his site, which is PsychicFriendsNow.com. Um, it's worth a look, see, because he has some good articles up there. Make sure you check out our show website at KeepItMagic.com. We have lots of guest authors and lots of fun stuff, and I promise I'll get some more writing up there. And to find me off the air, you can look up Coventry Creations on, on Facebook. You can look up CoventryCreations.com. Or you can just look up Jackie Smith on Facebook, that's Jackie with an I, and look for me in Michigan. You'll find me. Look for the red hair. And what do they need to do, Storm? They need to keep it magic. 